from truth to truth, wild, unfettered, untamed. Lightning Struck Lokians is a podcast by and for followers of the Norse trickster god Loki, with anecdotes on all things pagan and craft inclined. Episode five. <laughs> oh my god, it really is episode five. Well, she. All right, <laughs> go us. <laughs> Welcome to the fifth episode of Lightning Struck Lokians. I'm one of the hosts, Sarah. I'm one of the other hosts, Birdie. And today we're joined by our guest, River. Hello, I'm River. I've been working officially with Loki since. 2018 but he's been around and trying to get my attention since 2006 yeah it took me a while but i'm happily working with him now so today's topic was actually brought up by river we're gonna talk about imposters malevolent spirits that are low energy spirits what they are and if you come across one or one attaches to you or attacks you what to do i feel like this is a very uh, important topic i have experienced unfortunately a lot and when i was in my college years, you know, back years ago, and this was when Loki was trying to get my attention, um, I would be attacked. And I learned how to warn myself. It took me a while to figure out what was going on. For a person on their path who is new to this path or is not experienced with this, it can be kind of scary. And I just kind of want to dispel those myths that, you know, yeah, it is. it can be scary, but like you can get through it and you'll be stronger on the other side. And once it happens to you, hopefully only once, as you get more experience, you learn more tools. Also, you know, this is kind of geared toward beginners and people new to this path, but hopefully seasoned individuals can take something away from it too, like something I hadn't thought of to do, or, you know, maybe this is a new thing for my toolbox. I think it's like important to talk about too, like I see on social media a lot about people being scared that they're dealing with trickster spirits instead of the deities that they're talking to. And I think at the same time as we want to talk about trickster spirits and imposters and all that jazz, this doesn't happen to everyone. In fact, Mm -hmm. there's some people who have literally never experienced it. It's it's not not a requirement. And it's not an initiation kind of thing. I could be, but it's not necessarily possibly serious. I think people serious. make it sound like it happens a lot more often than it does. I don't think it does. But mostly like when people assume that a deity's behavior can't be an individual behavior and, and they kind of put deity in a box, especially like Loki. People put Loki in a box and just assume that if he doesn't act X, Y, and Z way, then he's not Loki. Right. And that's a trap I fell into. And it really damaged my relationship with Loki. And it took a lot to repair that. Well, I think when you're starting out, though, that's really easy to do. So like, if you've done that, don't feel bad about it. Because it's so easy to like see things online and build up a preconception of what you're expecting. I mean, I did it a couple of times similar to River. It was really a necessary lesson in my discernment. Mm -hmm. Because it's easier to assume deity will behave a certain way than it is to assume that they have their own agency and they can act in whatever way they fucking want. As a beginner, I was generally scared. What if Loki didn't like me? Or what if Loki like... Well, I think if you're coming... Yeah. 
you're coming from a Christian background, Mm -hmm. you kind of have that baggage because, you know, there's, you know, you're a horrible person because you're a sinner in this horrible thing. And with Loki in particular, that doesn't play as much. Well, let's talk about what is an imposter. For people who aren't familiar with that term, like what do they need to know that it can be? They're manipulative. They can be negative. Other times they can stroke your ego and they kind of tell you what you want to hear. This is a disclaimer. If you are hearing voices, go get checked out by a mental professional. I feel like part of my problem to dealing with imposters was my own mental illness. That negative self-talk kind of feeds these imposters. So, you know, if you have anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, schizoaffective, any of that creates that, you know, excess energy or lack of energy. You spend a lot of time worrying. I have anxiety. I spend a lot of time worrying and OCD and different things like that. I'm not saying that these are conducive to each other, but it's worth getting it checked because if you are, you know, not mentally strong, it's harder to fight off an imposter or, you know, use that discernment. And I do think it's interesting that it does kind of tie in with mental health because feelings like that tend to have a lot of energy for the imposter to feed off of Mm -hmm. because they're very strong. The feelings are very strong and I feel like it's food. I look at it as these are hungry spirits. They're desperate. It's easy to put out negative energy than it is to put out positive energy. There is a saying, misery loves company. And I feel like that's true when you're dealing with imposter spirits. Because sometimes it's when you are depressed, and I can speak from experience, it's it can be hard to see the brighter side of the life. Like, you know, it's so easy to fixate on those negative things. So first step to dealing with imposter, go get your mental health checked. Definitely. I feel like therapy is a good supplement to spiritual works, self-improvement in general, because it's a human that you're talking to rather than deity or whatever your inner voice is. Yeah. You're not in an echo chamber. You're like physically putting it out there. And there's something to be said, getting stuff off your chest. And obviously you may not be at a point to process whatever is going on. But yeah, I I definitely think going to the doctor, getting your mental health checked out, make sure, you know, everything is okay. That is a, a good start. Yeah. And I find when I started going to therapy that I was able to distinguish my inner voice from other voices. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, definitely. I can definitely tell a lot better when I'm not thinking of something shitty. <laughs> I usually have to initiate the voices. Okay. Like I have to yeah. be open to it. I don't think that when it's a mental health issue, you just be like, yeah, let me just hear that bullshit again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've had times I'm bipolar and my medications were out of whack. And all I could hear in my ears was just like somebody screaming, all of this other stuff. And once I got my medication back on track, it went away. And so it's really important to like know yourself well enough too. Right. Because like that happened to me and my first thought was, okay, so I have to call my doctor again. Um, I'm losing my mind again. You know, mundane before (laughs) magical, right? That's what we always say, the mundane before the magical. Yeah, for me, I can tell now, now that I've been stable for several years, like where the voices are placed, you know, what's mundane and what's you know, magical or imposter. For me, Loki is generally on my left, whereas everything else is on my right. And if it's on my right, I know I don't need to pay attention to that. That can go bye-bye. That took years of practice and discernment. I know therapy isn't also accessible for other people, but there's free forms of therapy out there where you can Mm -hmm. talk to peers. Community in general, I'm not saying that you should 
put your trauma on community. That's not okay. I'm saying like, it's a good checking point because when you have people who are having the same experiences you're having, that's a pretty good sign that you're not hearing something that's not a deity. Even- a lot of like UPG and stuff will be reiterated by other people mm-hmm. uh, right. in those communities. Shared experiences. It's like a checks and balances sort of deal. And also it checks ego. When you're dealing with like a sock puppet sort of deal and you're hearing things that you want to hear all the time, Loki would never do that for me. Like It makes you kind of sit back and question. Maybe yeah. this is just me rubbing myself off. Like who knows? Uh- yeah. But we, are, we also have to point out that everybody sees uh, Loki different and has a different relationship with him. So what yeah. qualifies for me may not qualify for Sarah. For instance, yeah. Loki is known to be, I guess, grabby hands. Like, ooh, I want this shiny, I want that, mm-hmm. that shiny. That's not necessarily true with me. Although he he does want things. When he wants things, it's like things that are attainable and that it's not a constant, I want this, I want this, I want this, without you getting something in return. Whereas with a posture, it's just... I want this, I want this. Gimme, gimme, yeah. Like, I always feel like it's more of a gift-giving sort of thing. Whenever he asks for things, it's I'm already looking for something to give him. And he always pays it back tenfold. And I trust that. (laughs) So I'm more than happy to give whatever he wants, whenever I have the money for it or the means to. And that's another Mm -hmm. thing. I feel like he always asks. He'll push your buttons, but (laughs) (laughs) he only asks when he knows that you can actually give it to him. I feel like a lot of my shame in when I can't provide for him like that, like I'm trying to save up money for something, like he'll ask, but then I'll have to be like, listen, honey, like (laughs) we got bills to pay. I got a mortgage, babe. Right. Also, like, <laughs> I, he he won't push further than that. I mean, he might sulk. He might, he might sulk, sulk. And you might yeah. get the pouty face, but he won't hold a grudge. And he won't, you know, He won't, harm like, you. threaten you or harm you about it. Like, he won't make you feel guilty about it for the next year. Like, There's no retribution. He yeah. He's not here to punish you. And if someone is trying to punish you, that sounds like a bias-fueled <laughs> imposter. <laughs> yeah. It's not who you think and, you're dealing with. <laughs> you know, I think if you're coming from a Christian tradition, you kind of expect that. Like if something oh, yeah. you aren't able to provide or you expect, you know, retribution when in, in reality, I've had him, you know, be like, you need to do the shadow work. And I'm like, no, I don't, you know, drag my feet about it. And, but, you know, he'll push to a certain limit, but then he won't go any further. I have had him, you know, push me pretty far, but it was not, it was more to make me move than rather to harm me, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's one of those things. He doesn't use fear tactics. If something is using fear tactics with you to scare you into doing something, you need to reevaluate kind of what's going on. Because Loki will never make you feel like, if you don't do something, something bad's going to happen or you're going to be in trouble or you're going to be damned or whatever. Because that's that's a Christian thing that I know I had to deal with when I first, and I still kind of deal with it a little bit, um, coming yeah. in is that fear of damnation or whatever. But that's not that's not how this works. For me, it was like a fear that he was just going to leave me. In fact, it continues to happen. I'm always like, if I don't do X, Y, and Z, does that mean that you're going to leave? <laughs> I had no idea I had so many abandonment issues until I met Loki. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> wow. 
who hurt me? That's still an unwinding question. Because <laughs> he has not left yet. Like, sometimes, though, I think that he leaves, but it's more like I assume that he leaves. So I'm not really open to hearing him. He doesn't just <laughs> drop people. No. No. He doesn't. That was, like, a huge thing that I read at some point somewhere that deities can and will leave you. And, I mean, it's true, but I don't think he's going to leave me because I didn't give him a PB&J. Exactly. (laughs) I feel like it's a bigger issue. It's time to move on and do another lesson. Or Or there's, like, somebody else who can help you more. Yeah. Yeah. Or he'll hand you off to people. Or, you know, he and Odin will tag team or, hey, you need to work with this person because I'm not good at this. It's like going to the doctor and your PCP being like, well, you need to go see the cardiologist. I can't help you with heart things or, you know, it's it's the same thing. And if you say, I need you to back off, most deities or whoever you're working with be like, yeah, okay, I'll come back later. Yeah, Loki's always been great when I've had to voice, hey, you woke me up at eight o'clock in the morning to do the thing. We're not doing that anymore. He respected that. Like, (laughs) this is my boundary for you. (laughs) Sarah knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) That's nice that he woke you up at eight o'clock. I got woken up at two o'clock. Yeah, it's usually like two, three. He's like, hey, let's do this. I was like, no, I'm sleeping. Every single time that happens, I just want to punch him in the face, his metaphysical face. I'm sorry, I'm a human. I need eight to 10 hours of sleep. Yeah. Sorry you don't function that way. <laughs> and another thing that imposter spirits will do is they'll try to drive you away from like friends and family, like your healthy relationships. They're similar to like toxic people. So, like you know, toxic ex-boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, ex-partner or literally any toxic relationship that you've ever had, be it a parent mm-hmm. or friend or Literally anyone who will gaslight you or make you... Yeah, they might tell you tell you to hurt yourself. You know, they might tell you you're special and only you can do this thing. Again, that is a precursor to mental illness. And if you're having those thoughts, get that checked. Also, if you're feeling suicidal or, you know, self-harm issues and, you know, this spirit is not helping, please, 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 please go to the doctor. If you're in the States, it's not always accessible, but please, 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 please get that checked. <laughs> I, can't, yeah, I can't stress that enough. As someone who has lost friends to suicide and a, and a survivor themselves, I do believe mental health plays a big role in uh, your spirituality. And if you're not going, doing good mentally, you're not going to do well spiritually and vice versa. One thing, too, is that you should trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right, it may not be. If it looks like a duck, smells like a duck, and talks like a duck, it's a duck. And that's important for so many things. Trusting your intuition. I think it is good to have doubts in question because I think it makes your faith stronger. In Christianity, Mm -hmm. there was a guy named Doubting Thomas. He was basically a disciple of Christ. When Jesus came back, he didn't believe it was actually Jesus. And so he wouldn't settle until he got to touch where Jesus had been crucified, like where the nails had gone. And then he believed. (laughs) He was like, I have to touch your wounds so that I know it's really you. And Jesus was like, are you serious right now? (laughs) Yeah, like, ouch, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we get that luxury in paganism. I can't really be like, hey, can you come down here real quick? I got to make sure that (laughs) you're real. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But 
but it's true though like what river said having a little bit of doubt is good because if you go in thinking you know everything that also sets you up for imposters because you kind of ignore those red flags because oh well i'm right this is the way that it's supposed to be that goes back to the question how do i figure out what i'm dealing with and i feel like that's a perfectly reasonable feeling because if you're going to trust somebody with your spirituality you better be working with who they say they are you can ask questions you know you can always use a pendulum Mm -hmm. ask questions that way i don't have much luck with this because Loki often gives me wrong answers anyway. I know the answers. Is it my inner voice answering it or different things? I think a really good one is getting a second opinion through like readings and stuff. Sometimes Sarah and I will do that for each other. Like when something will happen, we'll be like, hey, (laughs) what the heck? (laughs) I have some crazy experience. I'll start telling Birdie about it. And then she'll be like, oh, you mean X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, (laughs) what? It's always good to get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. When in doubt, ask around. It's like going to the doctor. If mm-hmm. you know a doctor gives you a diagnosis and you're not sure, go to a second one or a third or fourth. You know, you have that right. I gotta tell you, River, when you made these doctor analogies, all I can see in my head is like Loki in a white coat with like the <laughs> stethoscope around his neck. <laughs> That's the visual I'm getting. Yes. <laughs> That's slightly I would better not want than him to be my doctor. Because <laughs> I'm kind of doctor. Oh my god. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail. (laughs) No, it's okay. (laughs) Another way you can check, getting back on track here, another way you can check too is like tarot or runes. If a pendulum doesn't work because your hands shake, in my case, I can't hold anything steady. You know, other forms of divination are always really good to look to. Especially like an unbiased answer. I know of people who have like, hey, I need an opinion. You know, what's what's the question? They're like, well, you know, Loki knows the question or I know the answer or something like that. And it's helped them. Sometimes that even takes another intuitive leap. It's only because of those associations that I've made with the cards and the runes and his kind of voice that I have through like divination and doing it often you kind of learn how he sounds in that way mm-hmm. that makes sense Definitely. yeah he really just has a feeling for me i have to know how he makes me feel yeah loki is the worst one sometimes when it comes to learning how to discern because he won't show up the way you want him to <laughs> and he'll make you learn so what do you do if someone you know, like maybe you don't have the malevolent spirit or the imposter, but what if someone around you is dealing with what you think might be one? What can you do for them? The short answer is not much. You can bring it to their intention and be like, so I'm noticing these things and are you sure you're working with who you say you are? But they themselves have to come to that realization. Otherwise, you know, you're kind of talking at a brick wall. Because they can be like, oh, well, you know, I, I did the readings and it's fine. Da, 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 da. And at that point, you just kind of have to let it go. Also, when someone around you, especially in community, is saying abusive things about a deity, it's important to call it out. Mm-hmm. Because especially when there's like beginners around, then they're going to think that's acceptable behavior from a deity. And it's not. If you don't say anything, they'll never know. So right. that's kind of like a really hard wall to walk because um, I want to accept everyone's experiences as their own, but I'm not going to accept abuse and people saying that the deity abuses them. Another thing that apostles will do often, they'll call you names being mean. You know, they shouldn't call you dummy or butthead. They might say it in jest, but it's, it's not 
hurtful, if that makes sense. I mean, they probably won't even realize it's abuse sometimes. And the best that you can do is like, that's abusive. You need to check again. I've seen some people get really stubborn about it too. And at that point, that just kind of becomes something they have to learn. Yeah, it is in your best interest to just walk away because you don't want to risk one, if you want to keep that friend. And two, that same imposter, malignant spirit, whatever it is, could attack you. So mm-hmm. it's okay if somebody is experiencing this to keep your distance. There's a saying that you have to put on your oxygen mask before you help others. This is one of those situations. Just protect yourself. You are your own best friend. Put up some extra wards, which we're going to talk yeah. about more in depth in a second. So what do you do if, you know, you found out you have something hanging around? First of all, shit happens. It happens to the best of us. This is not your fault. Take a deep breath. Rule out the mundane things, mental illness, anxiety, stress, carbon monoxide, mold, you know, just mundane before magical. Because sometimes, and I, I found this true, especially when I was not doing well mentally, I would just kind of feed it. Oh, what if there's something wrong? And then you kind of notice like everything, you're on high alert. And you just stop, take a deep breath. And we're going to talk about grounding and different things. So, you know, make sure all your needs are met. Have you eaten? Have you had water recently? Have you slept? How much caffeine have you had? All of these can kind of feed into this anxieties because if you're not doing well if your energy is depleted things can actually attach to you easier than if you were you know had all cylinders firing am i making sense yeah i think so yeah I it's definitely... just like a basic human checklist okay yeah did i take my meds did i yeah. you know eat breakfast what <laughs> is the quality of food that i've eaten have i only had debbie cake and ramen noodles today and it's three o'clock in the afternoon You know, have I exercised recently? Do I need to go for a walk? Do I need to do mindful things? So if we have ruled all those things out and we have decided, okay, I am dealing with something nasty, what do we do? First things first, go get something to eat. And I'm talking about something with nutritional value like peanut butter and jelly and a glass of milk or not Sour Patch Kids in a Coke. Because there's nothing worse trying to do something, especially something as big as this, and you're just, you just tank in the middle of it. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, zero to five stars would not do again. I would imagine that would actually make it even worse trying to take care of it. I was helping a friend banish something nasty in our house, and I was coming from work, and I was like, I had some leftovers in the fridge, and I was like, well, you know, I don't know what time we're going to be done, and it'll be late. So I went ahead and ate those leftovers. When I got there and was doing these things, I'm like, man, I'm so glad I ate dinner before I came. So do yourself a favor, take care of yourself, drink water. And actually eating can be grounding because you can focus on the food and the taste and the texture. Cold water is one of my many grounding things that I have, like even in my um, in my altar space. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get unexpectedly ungrounded and I'm like, oh shit. Also, uh, grains like oatmeal or rice, those are really grounding. Dark Pasta. chocolate is really good actually too. I use dark chocolate a lot. I have a bar <laughs> of dark chocolate sitting in my altar room as well. And if you really need to wake me up, salt on your tongue immediately. Pure salt. (laughs) (laughs) I would do the other things first and then salt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Salt is a last resort in this. It's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Salt is a last resort for this one. And 
I do to ground hmm. is like speaking of cold water, you can put cold water on your face, like wash your face. And I find yeah. that that's really grounding too. Or if you have some ice cubes, yeah, you know, oh, you yeah. can put those in your hands. I wouldn't recommend hot things. Cold things are better. For me, I'm a big fan of touch. So mm-hmm. I'll imagine my cat sitting on my lap, his weight or his claws digging into my leg. And you can have things like lavender oil or, you know, essential oils that use what works for you. These are just ideas. You can ground through breath, like the four counts in, four counts out. Paying attention to what you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, be in the moment. A lot of these, if you have anxiety, you're like, oh, these sound like grounding techniques for anxiety. It's the same thing. You can imagine, you know, you're, you're rooted into the ground and you're a tree, but that doesn't work for me because I have in the attention span of a goldfish and I'm like, oh, look, shiny, let me think about this thing. For me, touching things and remembering what things feel like could be something as simple as the doorknob or a spoon or a fork. I had a friend suggest keeping a cat toy because, you know, some of them have like crunchy and weird tassels and some of them are bumpy. And when you feel anxiety, take it out and kind of fill around with it. But your mileage may vary with these techniques. I'm just throwing stuff out. One thing I like to do is like take your shoes and socks off and go step outside if you're able. I live in an apartment complex and I'm able to just go out my front door and even on the concrete, just standing there barefoot can be really, really grounding and centering. I always imagine that I'm sitting in the grass and like I'm grabbing the grass with my hands and what it feels like on my legs. But again, I'm a very tactile person. So, All right. So once you're grounded, what do we do now? Cleanse. There's a lot of ways to do this. It doesn't have to be complex. One thing I should note, you may have to do this multiple times. Sometimes the first time is not enough, but it's okay. You can do this. I have faith in you. One thing that's really important is cleaning your space, like literally cleaning your space. Open your windows, put on some music that makes you happy. Singing loudly and dancing is encouraged. Raise that vibration. I hate to say make cleaning fun, but really what you're doing is you're trying to raise that vibration because everything below it will fall away or it'll make it a lot harder for it to reach your energy. And this is kind of a good practice too, even if you're not dealing with an imposter, it's always mm-hmm. good to go through and cleanse your space periodically regardless. Maybe a monthly thing or every three months or something like this. It doesn't have to be like a major deep clean. Like if you don't have the spoons or the time, you can vacuum, you can organize a drawer, you can pick up your room, organize it, do your laundry. You can even sweep. It doesn't have to be super spring cleaning just something to kind of make that energy move. So now that you've cleaned and moved the energy along a little bit, it's time to protect your space. And there's multiple ways you can do this. Like you can visualize, you know, white light encompassing your space and, you know, invoking your archangels or whoever you work with, deities, spirit guides, ancestors, childhood pets. Some are more powerful than others, depending on which tradition you're coming from. Um, While you're doing this, like set your intentions of, you're not welcome in my space. The base has been purified. This space is protected from negative energy, prying eyes, things that want to cause me harm, vandalism, you know, whatever you want. And also be firm in your intention. This is get out of my space. I mean it. You know, if you're timid like me, this will be hard and even a little bit scary because you may have that lingering, hey, this may not work. 
but you can have that. Just fake it till you make it. Even though you don't feel firm, just be like, no, this is my space. Get out. You can't play nice with these it's guys like you have because a house guests and they've overstayed their welcome. You're like, okay, here's yeah. the door. <laughs> or if you're if you're training an animal, you kind of have to use that firm tone of voice. Like, no, get off the table. And if you're you have been in a situation where your power has been taken away from you, or you're told, you know, you're not worthy of this is gonna be really scary. It was at least for me. So again, yeah. fake it till you make it. Um, it was definitely scary for me when I did it the first time. I was like, but what if I'm wrong? And what if the spirit's like actually really nice? This is also the people pleasing. <laughs> they literally called me names and I was just like, but what if? <laughs> Not all spirits are good spirits. So if somebody is robbing your house, you would not say, here, take grandma's pearls. Would you like a sandwich? Would you like a cup of tea? I have this great wine. It's a good year. Chardonnay? You wouldn't say that. You'd say, get the hell out of my house. I'm going to call the cops. It's the same here. I've actually had to cleanse. We had something. It was just something not great that came in. And I basically went around with an incense stick and salt water and flung the salt water the whole time saying, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Uh, My husband thought I was crazy, but uh, you know, it worked. Yeah. I mean, if, if you feel kind of weird still glaring at the top shelf of your pantry, you're doing all right. It's fine. Be intimidating. Yes. I just go around and say, fuck you, get out. Um, <laughs> yep. And that seems to be pretty effective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have um, to be flowery with your language. Yeah. If, you know, walking around giving the finger works for you, do it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You can burn candles, incense, herbs. It doesn't have to be fancy. Um, store-bought is fine. The one thing my friend taught me is that you can use the dried herbs from the grocery store and you can put them on a burn-safe plate. And I would put aluminum foil and you dump them out and you light it with a lighter and then you put like a cup over it so you don't blow your burning herbs everywhere and you have smoke. This is really good if you don't have access to like a metaphysical store or you're living at home. And you can use sage, rosemary from the store. That's perfectly acceptable. If you want, you can use Italian seasoning for a little extra because there's what, oregano, thyme, parsley. Yeah, the whole shebang. People Again, do any of that, even just water with yeah. intent or like salt water. And you don't have to dump it everywhere. Just like sprinkle it. Or you can use essential oils in a spray bottle with salt water again and and just spray those around. Just be mindful if people are sensitive to scents or, you know, you have animals. If you're burning incense, I don't know that incense affects animals, but I know if you do a diffuser with essential oils, some of them are not good. As far as warding goes, um, you can salt your doorways and windows, and this provides a barrier against negative energy. Nails. Yeah. Um, Iron. Horseshoes. Iron. Horseshoes. I even tie my wards to the air conditioning or the Wi-Fi. I wouldn't trust the Wi-Fi as much. Yeah. You have a harder time doing electrical things. Like I have warded my car, but I use the license plate as my anchor point. I usually use like pipes because hopefully those will always be running for the most part. Doorknob. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like a physical like thing you have to do with them. You just kind of like know that that's your energetic point when you're making the warts. 
Again, as you're putting it down, you can say, my space is protected. Get out. This space is mine. This space is clean. You can use uh, the white light again and invoke your deities. You can ask the land rights if they'll help you. Your mileage may vary on this one. You might need a rapport with them. They're also not obligated to help you, unfortunately. You can't just expect them to do something if you've never given them anything. I don't know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) You felt who dis. And also don't assume that your deities are going to protect you all the time, because that's what I did. And when your deity wants to teach you a thing, they're sure as fuck going to do it, so... (laughs) Learn how to protect yourself. Isn't that like a Christian notion, though? The whole idea that the gods will save you or whatever. That's not how this works. (laughs) No. You gotta meet them part way. It's like a 50-50 shot with the gods in general. Like, you have to do your own work before they'll do anything for you. You you learn to advocate for yourself is what it comes down to. And this sort of thing is just another form of that. Yeah, it's using your voice. That was a lesson that was, you know, reinforced. Use your voice, use your voice. Because I was content to stay where I was. And, you know, I was having all these impostures just because I refused to use my voice and set boundaries and different things like that. So, yeah, it's a hard lesson. If you are coming from a tradition and you feel like the Our Father or the Shoma have oops to help you get rid of them, I want to use it. Set your intentions. I think it's whatever you feel is going to protect you the best. Yeah. And that you're comfortable with. I really think a lot of this comes down to comfort level. If you feel more comfortable using incense, then you do like salt water, then you use the incense. If you feel more comfortable doing visualizations, then that's what you do. So I think you can invoke whatever feels good for you. I also like make the sign of a rune called algis, which I identify as a protection rune. That seems to be pretty awesome. I'll even use water and draw it on walls. Mm-hmm. I even painted it into my walls of my house for extra measure. <laughs> that works. It seems to work pretty well. But one room that I did that with always seems to have perpetually good energy, as Bertie can attest. That's where I do all my working anyway. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The energy in that room is so good. But again, these are just suggestions. Just use what works for you. Take what resonates and leave the rest. And you'll feel a difference, too, in your space. Like, every time I cleanse or redo my wards or whatever, it always feels better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I never, I don't know if that's just me being like, oh, it's clean, it's perfect. It can also be if you've been in it so long and it's not until you leave it and come back that you realize, oh, wait, this is not good. But it's all energy. And the energy you put into it, you're going to feel come back. And if you're tired after this, you're doing it right. Yeah, energy work is surprisingly, like, it's draining yeah you wouldn't think that it would be but if you think about it moving energy is just like moving physical stuff around it's like moving furniture almost it takes a toll you know you've done all this work created all these wards done energy work or you need to cleanse yourself you don't want that residual energy hanging around So I like to do power showers where I just kind of go in and I scrub everything and I imagine washing off the energy and cleaning my aura and I might take some Himalayan salt and just kind of rub it on me. I know some people take baths. I personally don't like baths, but I know people take it with like lavender oil and, you know, different protective things. And after that, you want to protect yourself. Again, you want to do the same visualization of, you know, white light and 
saying, I'm protected, I'm safe. Um, you might choose to carry a stone. I think you can make amulets, satchels, herbal. Yeah, yeah. I use satchels. Yeah. You can do it with essential oils too. I was just going to say one thing I like to do too to cleanse myself is like stand barefoot and like visualize pushing all of the negativity that I may have accumulated inside me Mm -hmm. out through my feet and into the ground. Yeah. Push it out. You might want to create a shield around yourself too after you cleanse. Mm -hmm. Very similar to like what you did to create words and shields around your house. The easiest way that I do it is I envision a shield coming out of my crown, the crown of my head, encompassing me all the way to my feet, and just knowing that nothing can push past that visualization. I put up shields pretty daily. Like, I attach them to my Mjolnir that I wear every day, and I attach it to jewelry. My Mjolnir is, like, my launch point of my shields. So whenever I put it Mm -hmm. on, it's like I'm putting my shield on as well. Everything that I wear has a certain meaning to me. It's like brush your teeth, you know, (laughs) ground center shield, go about your day. (laughs) And you'll notice also when you get into the habit of doing these things, especially if you're just starting out, that your discernment will just be so much better. I don't even know how to explain the different feeling that I had the moment I started using that in my regular practice. It'll be like night and day, (laughs) at least for me. And I always know when when my shields are suffering, especially during the darker time of the year, because there's a lot of activity going around. Usually I have to like reinforce Mm -hmm. them and make them bulkier. Things feel clearer when you like are cleansed and your space is cleansed and you have your shields on. Everything feels a little bit less fuzzy. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Like I find that if I don't cleanse my space regularly or if I like don't do my shields, like Sarah said, it's like night and day and you can feel feel the difference even my head tends to feel clearer it's also kind of like a psychological trigger even like if you don't even believe in the metaphysics of it it's still a very poignant psychological trigger that you are centered and grounded therapists who don't have any ties to the metaphysical community they'll do the same practices like my therapist does that and she has no idea I'm like oh yeah I do that all the time she's like what yeah (laughs) so yeah Yeah, mine does mine does too Um, and it was really awesome to go to a therapist I'm like oh you get this I'm not crazy yeah even though you know you know that you're not the only person it just it's different when you know somebody it's validating Um, it's validating yes that's the word it's a very universal practice. It's not some woo-woo bullshit. Really That's good cool. for mental health, too. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying a lot of the same grounding techniques are the same ones you use with anxiety. I was just going to say, you know, again, the more you do this, the more you cleanse, the more you get into setting words, you'll find what works for you. Like if you're just starting out and you feel like Harry Potter spells, Sailor Moon attacks, you know, give you power. And I, I may or may not have done this when I was in college, but it was what worked for me at the time. You know, now that I'm a little more advanced, I have other tools in my toolbox. Foster spirits, they're a thing that you can come upon. Hopefully these tools will help you better discern and not assume that deities and their behaviors are always trickster spirits and vice versa. Is it safe to say that all trickster spirits are not bad? Some are just bored. I think so. They're more just hungry. And over the veil, it's a different sort of hunger. Just like you're kind of hungry, but it's more desperate. I feel like they have, they're opportunists. You're going to say, yeah. 
Yes, mm-hmm. they're opportunists. That exactly what I was going to say. It's not a, a bad thing. Like, I think it's Christianity that makes them like, oh, these are evil spirits. And maybe there are evil spirits, but I feel like they're fewer and far between than these assholes that are literally probably just hungry, bored, and they need to stay relevant yeah. somehow. <laughs> and that's <laughs> how they do it. <laughs> Being like, oh, yeah, I'm a god is pretty much the cheapest way that you could ever <laughs> find the energy, especially for someone who doesn't know any better. And they're like, oh, this is jackpot. They're not evil but they're They're not not great either i wouldn't have tea with them and you shouldn't either (laughs) (laughs) and it's also like inviting someone into your house that you don't know i wouldn't just invite somebody passing i mean i guess you could if you wanted to but personally i would not invite somebody passing through if i did not know them as a friend yeah Mm -hmm. So use your discretion when, and if this happens to you, if you're dealing with an imposter, this isn't your fault. It was opportunist. It was probably a perfect storm. You do what you have to do to keep yourself safe. Practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. Fake it till you make it. Wrong and strong. <laughs> I love that. If you like what you've heard here today, you can find Lightning Struck Lokians across various social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, WordPress, and Discord. And if the method you're currently listening to this on isn't your cup of tea, don't worry, we're probably on the one that you prefer. Check out our profile on anchor.fm, linked in the show notes below, for more info. And now here's a few last words from this month's hosts. Again, I'm Sarah, and you can find me on my Tumblr, which is The Owl and Fox. You can also find me on WordPress, The Wandering Owl, and I also run an Etsy shop called Leaves of Yggdrasil Co. Yggdrasil being the Norse tree of life. Look it up. And again, I'm Birdie. If you want to find me on Tumblr, I run several Tumblrs, but my pagan Tumblr is the Raven and the Moon. And I post things that I find useful for like witchcraft and paganism. And if I have a thought about something I want to share, I'll write a post. And also you can follow the Lightning Struck Lokian's Instagram as well. Um, We have a really good Instagram that Nicole runs. So you can come find us there as well. I'm River. My Tumblr is The Heathen Archer, and I am also on the Discord. So if you want to hang out, I'm there. Hell yeah. Join us on our Discord because it's super fun, and we have a lot of awesome people who keep coming on, and everyone's just really great. It's a good community. So yeah. All right. Bye. 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 (laughs) (laughs) This podcast was made possible by the collective volunteer efforts of the Lightning Struck Lokians Community Discord, a haven of online practitioners dedicated to keeping pagan discussion spaces welcoming, inclusive, and discerning. This month's episode was scripted by Riverwine, transcribed by Ira Ulfrid Loftyarsson, and edited by Nicole Eliza Jones with podcast logo by Mars Malice. To keep up to date on all our social media and when our next episode is about to drop, check out the links in our show notes for more info. 